you, Miss Janice. All right, back to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 17. I do want to encourage you to read um, you know, around these chapters. Every time, uh, it's always been kind of a practice of mine. Uh, sometimes I'll admit, um, you know, if I'm, I'm at a preacher's meeting or whatever, and uh, they're in a passage of Scripture, and, and I'll start getting good stuff, and I'll, I'll, I'm looking back at 16, you know, ahead to 18, and I'm not paying attention. So, uh, so don't do that. Uh, but, uh, but go back and look at the context uh, and all that's going on. Uh, remember, the Old Testament uh, is it's still profitable for us. There's a lot that's in there. Uh, and also, by the way, it's, you look at all the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments, uh, all the commandments of the Torah and all of that. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in there for us. And, and even though we, um, for example, uh, you know, we're thinking about food uh, today with a potluck, uh, the dietary laws that God placed in His Word, uh, again, now I'm going to eat bacon until the Lord takes me home, all right? So don't, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. Uh, but all of us know that bacon's not really good for us, all right? And, uh, and so there's a lot of wisdom in even the dietary laws that God had placed in the Bible. And I don't think that people who, uh, who keep to those are doing necessarily anything wrong. We know under grace, we, we can eat whatever we can say grace over, uh, and, uh, and that is good as well. But uh, there are, um, obviously, there's a lot of the Levitical law, morally speaking, um, that, uh, that's always all that's still uh, intact. I, I, I seldom hear people when they say, well, that's Old Testament, uh, ever refer to any moral laws as being, well, that's Old Testament. Uh, but, uh, but we have our excuses. So read the Old Testament uh, and learn uh, in and from uh, the life of Elijah, Elisha, uh, the prophets of God. Someone recently asked me who my favorite prophet was. Oh, they asked me who God's favorite prophet was. Uh, and of course, I don't know. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to say Jonah, because uh, uh, that's my favorite. Uh, but uh, he's, that person said, ah, Jonah's my favorite as well. Uh, God, God uh, you know, I like to think God has favorites. I like to think, you know, I'm one of his favorites. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, but we don't know uh, who God's favorites are. Uh, I want to give us uh, really quickly, I'm going to give you two sermons uh, in the short amount of time that we'll be here, uh, kind of reward you a little bit for staying uh, uh, late uh, and through uh, the services. Uh, but two things from chapter number 17 uh, as we read the verses. So I'm going to give you two outlines simultaneously. Uh, one's going to be about uh, the characteristics of faith, childlike faith. Um, I've tried to, in my Christian life, to not overthink things. Um, God uh, looks at child life faith and, and uh, says that's the kind of faith that we ought to have. Uh, I think we think too much. Uh, I think we overthink um, and the, the will of God. Uh, we're always trying to find some, you know, mystical, magical, secret will. Um, if, when God's given us enough in the Bible to do uh, and a, enough that he's revealed about his will to keep us pretty busy. Uh, and, and we fail at that. Uh, and by the way, uh, if you're not if you're not obeying the Bible uh, and just doing what God has plainly laid out uh, in His Word as the will of God for you as a Christian, I just don't think God's given you secret messages. Uh, and uh, uh, obedience is the very best way uh, to show that we believe. So we're going to point out some of the characteristics of faith, uh, childlike faith, uh, in this account, uh, but then also uh, the secret to getting our needs met. Um, I want to have childlike faith. I also want my Heavenly Father uh, to take care of me uh, and, and meet my needs. Difference between needs and wants, uh, and uh, that is true. Uh, and ultimately, 
Um, when, you know, if we, if we lived, you know, whatever, paycheck to paycheck, or we didn't have two nickels to rub together our whole life, and we died uh, in poverty and we stood before the Lord, uh, there's no way uh, that we would be able to say that He didn't provide for us. Uh, and uh, and, and he's, we know He's bringing us to that expected end. Uh, and I think a, a good perspective... Like, I used camping as an illustration um, last week. When you're camping, when you're outside uh, and you eat, everything tastes good. Uh, you know, you have hot dogs and beans or whatever. You're out in the cold or the elements or whatever in the air. Uh, it just seems like anything you would make over a fire or anything that you eat camping tastes good. Uh, and, and part of uh, that whole experience is that. But I just want to... Even though I'm a pilgrim and things are temporary, look at everything as blessings. Instead of looking at what I don't have, every blessing, count it, uh, and, and look at it from that. Anything that's good and uh, extra, um, just thank God for it uh, because we really don't deserve any of it. Uh, and if God just, you know, um, I always pick on ramen, but I love ramen. Uh, but if, uh, if all we ate was ramen from, the, you know, from birth till death, um, you know, God is still good. Uh, so when, when you, you know, you can put a condiment in your ramen, you just praise God uh, that for the little extra that he gives us. So we're going to look at the secrets of getting uh, our needs met as we go along as well. Now, verse number one of chapter number 17 again. Uh, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, uh, he had prayed. We saw that according to the book of James. He had prayed uh, that God wouldn't give rain. And he's letting him understand Ahab. No, and Ahab was a wicked man. Uh, and he served Baal. Uh, he didn't do that which is right uh, in God's eyes. Uh, even uh, his father Omri uh, didn't. Uh, but this guy uh, was something else. Uh, one of the, for if you're new here, one of my uh, the things I say about Ahab and Jezebel when it comes to uh, marriages is sometimes uh, we get Jezebels uh, because they're married to Ahabs. And um, I, we, we give Jezebel, Jezebel gets a lot of the bad rap. In that relationship, uh, but uh, you know, some ownership for Jezebel and her behavior has to be uh, laid upon Ahab. And Ahab was a wicked man, uh, and God said, Hide yourself uh, at the brook Cherith uh, to Elijah. I won't get into this, but in chapter number 18, um, in the first verse, uh, he ends up saying, Go show yourself, show thyself unto Ahab. So in chapter number 17, he's hide yourself. Chapter number 18, go show yourself. And there's a great application to be made in how God first gives us private victory, uh, deals with us privately in, in solitude with Him before we have public ministry. Um, he was basically, um, he was in the Drybrook University. Uh, and what was what did I say this morning? Empty Barrel Graduate School. Uh, he, he was, God was learning him, teaching him uh, along the way. He wasn't ready. Uh, and, and God dealt both with the pro, his providence. And much of chapter number 17 is God uh, really taking the man of God, uh, and by application, all of us, me as a preacher, yes, uh, but all of us as Christians, in dealing with, uh, with pride. Um, you think about, you know, 
there's, again, it's 2020. Um, God has ideals, and I'm not being chauvinistic at all when I talk about men being leaders of the home. Or uh, I, I believe uh, there are things that men, um, you know, uh, men should look like men, women should look like women, men should act like men, women should act like women. Uh, the, the, everything's muddled, all right? And, uh, you know, what was that? I was doing something uh, the other day. Uh, and uh, somebody took it from me and said, Pastor, goes, no, I wasn't even here. I can't remember where I was at, uh, somewhere. And they said, don't, hey, that's woman's work. <laughs> and I, and I, like, I like, look around for a TV camera, uh, you know, or something else. And like, you know, uh, somebody is, are you punking me, uh, you know, if I respond poorly to this? But what they're saying is like, you know, can we just admit there's some things that men can do that women can't do and vice versa? Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, but we, we, I know we live in a PC culture, and, uh, and it's just uh, you really can't uh, say a lot of things anymore. It uh, shouldn't be that way, by the way, in a, in a, a Bible-preaching church. Um, there's ideals. And uh, when we step outside of those ideals, uh, there are sometimes consequences uh, for all of that. And, uh, but as a, as a man, um, the, the whole prospect of him going to Zarephath a Jewish man at that, and to be sustained by a Gentile woman um, was something. You ever, you ever have somebody help you and you just really didn't want to take it? It's because your pride is there. We're not really good, um, good at receiving. You may be good at giving, um, but not at receiving uh, help. Um, and, and we all have to work at that. We can't rob you know, people of, uh, of, of, of blessings or whatever, uh, but sometimes it's hard. Uh, and, and when it comes to, uh, uh, there's only two genders, male and female, <laughs> uh, what, to the male gender, um, that type of a dynamic would be a very difficult thing. And it was sustained over a longer period of time. Um, so you have to understand that all through that, God was dealing uh, with uh, Elijah uh, in a very personal way. Uh, and in fact, uh, let's read on. It says in verse 2, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. Uh, so uh, a characteristic of childlike faith uh, in verse number 2 is that in childlike faith, we're supposed to accept the word of God uh, without question. God told him to do something, and he did it. And by the way, we see that time and time again in the Bible. Um, I think God wants our obedience to be immediate obedience. Uh, I think he loves us and he wants us to, you know, uh, he says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. And I, I, I think we turn that into arguing. Uh, and, uh, but obedience is something that God wants us to have, lays a great premium on, premium on it. And in verse number two, it said, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get thee hence, and he went. Uh, later on, we see uh, the, the widow, uh, he said, go and do, and she went and did. Several times uh, in, uh, for, uh, with the life of Elijah in particular, uh, there were his obedience to God uh, is noted uh, by how quickly uh, it was. Uh, and he said, get thee hence and turn thee eastward uh, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that's before Jordan. Uh, and uh, he knew uh, that that was a long distance away uh, from where he was at at that time. But he didn't flinch uh, in the face of, of severe uh, demands of God or, or whatever. And I think in faith, that's the same way we're supposed to be. Uh, God, it's not easy being a Christian. 
if, we're, if we just be uh, transparent for a minute, it's, it's, it's difficult and it's getting harder uh, the longer the Lord tarries. Um, our culture is changing. Um, you know, you think if you were a Christian, you know, in the 50s, 60s, uh, you know, things were, culture was completely different. Uh, what is allowed in church today wasn't back then, and, and it's just become this big hodgepodge. In fact, if you read in chapter number 18, you have uh, a comparison. Elijah uh, is a, a picture for us or a type uh, of a faithful, consistent Christian, and Obadiah, a compromising one. Uh, and Obadiah in chapter number 18 is not the, one, the prophet who wrote Obadiah, the book in the Bible, uh, Obadiah was a, a very, you know, a common name uh, at that time. Uh, but um, we have a, a picture for a, a worldly, um, self-serving, and, and, and when confronted by Elijah, he had to, he had to justify himself. Like, hey, didn't you hear, like, I heard I hid people in a cave? Um, but while Elijah uh, was fighting uh, Baal worshipers, uh, and in seeking the will of God, Obadiah was looking for grass and uh, in places for, uh, for uh, Ahab's cattle. Uh, so there's a picture of that uh, there as well. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to get confused if I go back and forth. So I'm going to give you the characteristics first. I'm going to give you the other one uh, next. Um, verse number four. Oh, back up in verse number three, Cherith, uh, that city. Um, remember, he said, go to this brook. Uh, the ravens are going to feed you there. Uh, it, was, it was an isolated place, um, solitude. I, I, I think that's necessary for all of us. Uh, I kind of enjoy it. Um, uh, the older I get, the more of it I want. Uh, I, I don't know uh, what that all means, uh, but I just I enjoy, enjoy being alone. It's in those times alone with God that God can work with you a great deal. Um, but circumstances are a little bit different. His was... Um, you know, God sent him there for his purpose. Uh, we know that he's preparing him, but, but the word cherith means to cut off uh, or to cut down. So he said, I want you to go to the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Uh, I'm going to cut you off I'm gonna, and I'm going to cut you down. Um, a lot of pruning, if you will, took place uh, for Elijah. And it shall be, verse 4, that you shall drink of the brook. I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Uh, and uh, that seems uh, pretty difficult. Well, one, I mentioned that a raven was an unclean animal, but uh, can you imagine getting fed twice a day uh, by, uh, you know, by a raven, crow? Uh, they're dirty, uh, nasty birds uh, and, uh, in many respects. Uh, but you're going to go by this river in the middle of nowhere, uh, and every day, um, uh, birds are going to feed you. Uh, it, it, I would be like, uh, I'd start to think about um, how that's even going to work. I mean, I, I would first would be like, how much, how, can, how much can a raven carry? Right? I'm trying to think about portion sizes and, you know, am I going to be hungry or whatever? Uh, and uh, by the way, when somebody says, you know, she eats like a bird, uh, it, it means that she eats three times her own body weight uh, every single day. Uh, and uh, so that's not really a compliment if you tell somebody uh, they eat like a bird. Uh, but how much can this bird uh, carry and bring to me? I'd be trying to think of all, the, uh, all of the, the things uh, because um, that's just the way that we are. We, we, but childlike faith doesn't stagger uh, at the seeming impossibilities. God says he's going to do it. He's going to do it. If God says he's going to feed me there. He's going to feed me. I, I don't understand it. 
Uh, but, but I really don't need to understand it because we, we um, were supposed to live by faith on the promises of God, not our, on our own explanations or uh, you know, our own logic, uh, because much of what God does uh, defies logic. So characteristics of childlike faith, accepts the word of God without question, doesn't flinch in the face of, of severe demands. Number uh, three, doesn't stagger at impossibilities. Uh, number four, uh, they're prompt. In obedience, verse number five. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by Brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and the and the ravens fed him there, uh, and he was sustained. Which is the next one of the characteristics. When when you love the Lord, you enjoy the fulfillment of the promises of God. One, you see them when you're walking with the Lord. We think of you know count your many blessings, name them one by one. Uh, a good practice for all of us as Christians is to be um, aware uh, of all the good things that God gives us. Uh, and by the way, if it's like you have, if you can kind of wake up in the morning and it's with this expectation, like uh, I'm just, you know, uh, this seems to be kind of opposite of what self-esteem is nowadays. But you just wake up, you're like, I'm nothing but dirt, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm bought with a price. I don't belong to me. I'm a I'm a I'm dirt, and I'm a, a, a bond servant to Lord Jesus Christ. It's not, it's, today is not about me. Um, then, when you know, some, when you know, you enjoy that cup of coffee. You're like, Lord, thank you for this cup of coffee. You follow me? Every every little thing becomes an extra blessing because you have a different perspective. But if you wake up like everything's about me, and on and on and on, and we're selfish or whatever, uh, then you you'll focus on the negative things. Uh, that come your way throughout the day, uh, and, uh, and, and that's just no way for us to live. So a ch- childlike faith enjoys it, enjoys the, uh, as God provides and, uh, and, and sees that. And it's really, it's, it's simple. Childlike faith looks at things in very simple ways, in simple pleasures, uh, and, and doesn't get too caught up uh, in uh, the, uh, the details, uh, if you will, of those things. And uh, I'm just, man, this is good. Uh, I, I like the simple things. Uh, in life, uh, and and I try to I try to thank the Lord for them, uh, and then number uh, next one, verse number seven, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain uh, in the land. Um, and but childlike childlike faith doesn't fail when it's tested. Um, you think he prayed God that there be no rain. He told Ahab, "As the Lord thy God liveth, um, there's going to be no rain." And as he sat by that brook where God had sent him, uh, the water kept dissipating and dissipating until it dried up. But one of the wonderful things about being a Christian is that God, by the way, he didn't didn't do anything wrong. God didn't dry the river up to punish him. Um, Jesus, Jesus was in the wilderness and he wasn't in the wilderness because of his sin. We find ourselves in the wilderness at times um, led of the spirit in the wilderness just because someone's going through a difficult time does not mean that God is punishing them. Uh, you got to remember that. For them, and uh, for you to have a proper perspective, even about yourself and what you're going through, um, God dries rivers up sometimes uh, because He's got something else for us. And that's what He had for Elijah. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then He moved them on. So uh, He moved from Dry Brook University, DBU, uh, and uh, over to uh, Empty Barrel Graduate School uh, was the next part of our, uh, of our account. And we've read it, 
Uh, and uh, but um, backing up just a, a tad uh, to the secrets of getting our needs our needs met, uh, you you've got to have faith in the will of God. If you want your needs met, you have to have faith in God's will. Uh, when we read chapter number seventeen, the asks that God had for him, the demands. Uh, and he told him what to do. You've got to trust the will of God. Um, in, in, we might not have all the, the answers. We, we, don't, we don't know sometimes what the next steps are. We certainly don't understand them. But all of us have experienced times in our life where God has, uh, has, has directed us in, in some way and, and we don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, we can't not go the direction God wants us to go because we, we don't have it figured out. Um, but you don't do that for most of the things, most of the things in your life. <laughs> um, but somehow we think uh, with God, God's got to give us every detail or we're not going to move. Um, and when really in God's you know, will and economy and everything else, he'll, He wants us to obey and then He'll give us the understanding. Um, and, and we have to, we have to, if we want God to meet our needs, we have to obey his will. Part of that, obviously, uh, as, uh, in the context of today is if God directs us to give, then we obey him when we give. If God directs us to go, the best place you can be is in the center of God's will. That's why, uh, you've, you've heard me preach it, other preachers. Um, God said, I want you to be by the brook Cherith, a raven will feed you there. Uh, and then he says, I want you to go to Zarephath. A widow woman will sustain you there. If he just walked 50 miles and found a nice spot on the Jordan River uh, with a bunch of fruit trees uh, and uh, a nice view, uh, maybe, you know, in driving distance to Walmart, um, he would have probably died because he needed to be right where God wanted him to be. That was a place, that was the place of providence for him. Uh, that was the, the place of uh, purpose uh, and, uh, and protection and power. I've got outlines in my Bible all about that. You've got to be right where God wants you to be, in the center of God's will. If it's God's will for you to be in a foreign country, a war-torn foreign country, you'd be safer there uh, than in your living room, outside of the will of God. A big, great big takeaway from the life of Elijah in chapter number 17 is to be right where God wants you to be. If you think about wars and logistics and all those different things, if somebody's going to, uh, if the military is going to drop supplies at a certain coordinate, you got to be there to get it. Because uh, if you're not, if you're not, you're not, you're not going to get the supplies you need. If you're going to get, you know, um, uh, taken from there, uh, exfilled, uh, and here's the, here's you've got to be there. If you're, if you're ten miles over, you're stuck. And there's a million analogies, but always ask, am I where God wants me to be? That's our, the biggest thing. And, and, and it's not always determined by how much you make uh, or if you're living in a place that you know, is pleasant. Uh, um, there are a lot of people that are leaving Washington State because they don't like it. Um, it's not the will of God for everybody to live in Washington State, but I guarantee you there are some that have left Washington State who are out of the will of God um, it, because, because they didn't, they've left the there that God wanted them to be at. Uh, and I'm not just talking about a church uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm not thinking about anyone particular uh, that has uh, left the area from our church. It's, it's everywhere. Um, all of our sister churches have experienced the same thing. 
Uh, and by the way, if everybody leaves, uh, and uh, um, that, that makes this place a whole lot worse. <laughs> uh, so uh, you got to think about that here, uh, as well. Um, can God move you for, uh, for uh, any number of reasons? Sure. Uh, but you got to be sure it's the will of God, not your will. Uh, and, um, and, and if you're not going to church and if you're not reading your Bible and living for the Lord, um, you're going to have a hard time discerning that. If you, can't, if, if you don't understand the will of God is for you to go to church every Sunday, uh, then he's not sending you secret coded messages telling you to move to some other state. Okay, um, so uh, you've got to be walking with the Lord. I don't know how more plain to say that, uh, but uh, if you want to get your needs met, you must have faith in the will of God, but then also in the ways of God. When you get into verse number nine, uh, he says, Arise, go to Zarephath, it belongs to Zidon, dwell there. This is where Jezebel's hometown was. I commanded a widow woman. Um, to sustain you, uh, all that I've, I've discussed about the, the dynamics and society, and, uh, and they were uh, synonymous uh, with, with poverty. So if you look at it from a human standpoint, the prospects of, of providence and being sustained were pretty slim. Um, it's tough everywhere. It's really tough for a widow woman uh, in, in Zarephath, in Zidon. Um, but that's where God wanted him to go. So remember, God says his ways are higher than our ways. Um, always remember that you're not going to know all that God has uh, planned and in, in store. Um, in knowing that, uh, we, there's, it's almost like an, it's an, everything's an adventure that way. Uh, it's, I don't know what God is going to do, but, but I know he's going to do something good, and it's for me, uh, and, and uh, it's not pleasant right now, but it's, it's an adventure. It's an exploit. Uh, uh, it, it, you, you've got to have that uh, perspective uh, with your life. Uh, so the will of God, uh, that will help you uh, if you have faith in it to get your needs met, but also uh, faith in the ways of God. Uh, God. God knows the best, more about and the best ways of taking care of you than you do. Uh, or than I do for myself. Um, and be like, you know, how is, she gonna, how is the widow woman going to take care of me? Um, and if, if he would have just said, you know, I don't, you know, how, I don't know, I just don't think this is going to work. Um, he would have been outside of the will of God. And who knows what we would read as we read uh, this account. Uh, but it's also faith in the work of God, verses 13 through 16. Uh, it says, And Elijah said unto her, uh, Fear not, go and do. And uh, she made the cake first and brought it. Uh, and uh, he said, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, uh, here's the promise that was attached to the demand, as I mentioned this morning. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat uh, many days, and the barrel uh, wasted not. Um, it's when we submit to the Lord in service to Him, like what she did, and she wasn't even a believer in God. Later on, uh, in verse number 24, she said, I know that thou art a man of God, and the word of the Lord that's in thy mouth is truth. Uh, and it had to do uh, with her test of faith uh, in a big way with death of, death of her son. Uh, but when I say where God guides, He provides, it's kind of tied into this, this, this mindset. When you submit to the Lord's work, uh, for me as a, as a minister, uh, of uh, a servant of God in that respect, 
Uh, I'm on, I'm on, when I do that, I'm on God's payroll. He takes, he takes care of. Um, uh, you just, we just have to trust the Lord. Uh, and, and that's what she did. Uh, she submitted to uh, the leadership of God and the work of God, uh, and God met her needs. Um, we, um, I talk with preachers all the time and people that are in you know, full-time service and some that are bivocational and uh, struggle with different things. Um, there, uh, I mean, there's a, a, million, a million things that preachers struggle with. Uh, but um, some of it has to do with they had goals or aspirations. Then they surrendered to God and God called them to preach or to be a missionary or whatever. Uh, some of them set aside, you know, uh, jobs and pensions and whatever to go. Uh, and, but but the, the common story to all of that is, is that God, God we, we are here for just a short amount of time. And in, in God's purpose and plan for us, tends to not be the purpose and plan we have for ourselves. Uh, and when we say little is much when God is in it, or it's better to be, you know, uh, on a rooftop, and all the, the, uh, the explanations that God gives us when we think of, of con- contentedness versus envy and covetousness, we, we just really have to get it. Uh, God, when you serve the Lord, and it's not just full-time Christian service, it's I'm a servant, I'm a, uh, you're a servant of God, uh, then God will bless you and will take care of you. He knows your needs before you even ask Him. Uh, and, and we have to, front of mind, be thinking about that all the time. Uh, because when we get our mind off of it, we, we see, we become envious at the prosperity of the wicked. Uh, and uh, yesterday we were uh, getting here and talking about something outside, and, uh, and uh, um, it was, a, oh, an evangelist um, that we know. Uh, they travel in a big rig, RV, and, and pull the truck, whatever. And so they were in a place, and they're, you know, I'll see like Facebook posts like, praise the Lord, God, you know, somebody just gave us a check for $45,000. Uh, for the gospel rig, or 5,000 here, 12,000 there. It's like every day, it's like whatever. Another one's like that's Brother Ruckman. Uh, and uh, it's like every time, it's like, oh, uh, it's like somebody this. And, uh, and when you see that as a Christian, you're kind of like, send some of that my way, Lord. And uh, so this evangelist, he goes, he goes yeah, we were, we were at a meeting. It was a Sunday night, and uh, gas prices are what they are. And they, they were going to, fill up their, um, their rig before the service and decided not to and just asked the Lord that God would, would, would lay it on someone's heart to fill them up. It's 118 gallons uh, to fill up their vehicles. And, uh, and so at the end of the service, uh, you know, somebody comes from, hey, uh, brother so-and-so, just uh, want to know, just follow me over the gas station, I want to fill up your vehicles. And uh, my, my point is this, is that they live by faith. God's always... I mean, I would, wouldn't you just love to have story after story uh, of the providence of God? Uh, and, but if we're not looking for it, or if we feel like we're self-made or self-sustaining, then we, then we, we you know, God, it's almost like God says, okay, you take care of that. Um, you know, you don't want miracles from me, I ain't going to give you any. Uh, but... But childlike faith and in, in, in a service to God and a work of God, God will do that. Uh, and then it's not just faith in uh, the uh, will of God, the ways of God, faith in the work of God, but it's, uh, but it's also faith in the word of God. Verse number 14, 
for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not. It's like seven words. Is it seven words? For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Eight, eight words? I can't count right now. Uh, how many words is that? Eight words. <laughs> All right. uh, eight, an eight word um, promise from God. God said it. It's like, okay, it's all I need. And, and, but how far from that are we really? Um, think of all the things you know God said, but you're kind of like, you don't really, it's like you have unbelief, not, not trust. Uh, and uh, and we, we do that, even like in the, with today, uh, I'm saying it's a hard ask. It is like, you know, difficult times, uh, give. Uh, the math doesn't make sense, uh, but, you know, trust the Lord. And it's like, we know. There's nothing that I've said today that you don't, you don't already know. But we have to preach it because we don't, we don't believe it. Belief drives behavior. And when people, like, don't participate, I have to, I have to think that they don't, they don't believe that God is going to do what God said he's going to do. And so the challenge is just, like, test it. Just, just, just try it out. Uh, and, uh, and again, disclaimer, sometimes God doesn't, you know, you don't go to your mailbox and find, you know, envelopes full of money. God blesses in multiple different ways. But we have to trust and place our faith in the word of God. And then lastly, uh, in the wonder of God. Uh, and I won't read it because I, I promise to be shorter in my time tonight. But verse 17 through verse number 24 um, it is, well, I'll read the first part of it. It came to pass after these things, verse 17, that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and the sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. It means that he died. Uh, and, um, and she's basically, you know, it, it, it was almost a contradiction. Like the whole stick and the, the, the meal and the cruise and, and how God was doing that, and then for the kid to die anyway. And, and she, like, Many of us would respond, like, what have I to do with thee, thou man of God? Art thou coming to me to call my sin into remembrance? Because most of the time we think bad things happen because of sin. Uh, and so my son died, and he said, give her, uh, you know, said to her, give me thy son. And, and we know how the story goes. By the way, this is the first resurrection in the Bible. Elijah had never seen it. She, of course, had never seen it. Uh, and so he's praying, uh, praying for uh, and over, and, uh, and then uh, the story is like he laid himself over uh, the, the top of the child and prayed. Uh, and uh, verse 22, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived and took the child down from the bedchamber, brought to, uh, to mom, uh, and the woman said, Now I know. Now, now I know that thou art a man of God. Uh, and the word of the Lord uh, is in the mouth is truth. Uh, and uh, now every day when you kind of, you know, you went back to the, to the cruise and there was stuff in it, and back to the barrel and there was stuff in it, just magically, um, you know, uh, there had to be some thought like something's up. Uh, but it's when she wondered at, it was, it's, it's like um, as a Christian, we have to get to the point uh, where we truly, really believe that, that God is bigger than our problems. God is bigger uh, than my sin, or uh, you can, it's bigger than addiction. He's bigger than Putin. Uh, you know, he's, God is bigger than all of it, and there's nothing too hard for the Lord. We know that. We've, we, we see those paths. We know there's nothing too hard for the Lord except 
you know, and then we have all of our stuff that we throw in there. Nothing's too hard for him. And, uh, and, and for her, it, was, it wasn't starvation or the command of God uh, to, uh, to take care of the prophet. Uh, it's when her son died uh, and, and was brought back to life. Uh, God rang her bell uh, in that process. But that's when I understand or believe that she knew for her own self uh, that God was God. Uh, and that the man of God was speaking the truth and God was using him. So he uh, threw, um, I have my margin, uh, a, a dry brook, uh, a depleted barrel, and a dead boy. Um, God prepared uh, Elijah to go from hiding himself to showing himself. He wasn't ready. Uh, that's why we say the trying of our faith works patience, endurance, um, you, you can't get to where you can't get to where you can fight the prophets of Baal or the groves until you till the you sat waiting for ravens and a widow woman to make your dinner. Uh, and we have to go through the difficult times for God to prepare us for uh, service and for us to get through. There's a lot of things. And again, we have mountaintop and then it's valley and we know uh, he this the with with the, the Baal and the prophets and won a great victory and where do we find them just right after that you know I'm all alone and uh, under a juniper tree just a big baby and uh, and uh, but we do the same thing tomorrow you'd be like man God is so good church was good yesterday and fellowship and and just you wake up in the morning you're just gonna have a great day and and whatever and you get on i5 and it's all over uh, and uh, you're right back in the valley again and uh, I wish I didn't live here no no uh, and um, so we're like that we're like completely uh, up and down when it comes to the blessings not the blessings in our life so um, what we get to do as Christians, hopefully, is read chapter number 17 and, and kind of audit the class. We don't have to go to Drybrook University uh, and uh, we can kind of see and learn uh, that it's great for us to just believe what God said, just trust Him uh, and have a good spirit, a good attitude. Sometimes life's tough. Uh, but it's only for a short amount of time. And God is teaching me something along the way. He's, he's, he's uh, molding and shaping me, preparing me for something bigger and better. Uh, and, uh, and that's how I'm going to view um, uh, my life. Uh, and uh, so everything from um, how we give and our, and our perspective on that, on the providence of God, to God molding and shaping us, the characteristics of faith, uh, to the secrets of, of getting our needs met with God, all wrapped up in a story that a lot of people just kind of uh, over in their Bible uh, in the first, first Kings, uh, but just part there for a while. There's a whole lot, a whole lot more. Let's all stand uh, with uh, heads bowed and eyes closed uh, today. Uh,